Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thank you for having a desire to be your best at work. On this podcast, hear stories told by people who take actions to improve workplace culture and achieve results. Our conversations show how to live and model our nine principles for organizational excellence. Last week, I read an article that really resonated with me. I want to share my reflections with you today as I read the article. Tara Haley wrote an article called, Your Surge Capacity is Depleted. It's Why You Feel Awful. Here's How to Pull Yourself Out of Despair and Live Your Life. It was published in Elemental. So find it at elemental.median.com. Tara draws on the expertise of Mastin Boss and Mattias to help us work through a pandemic. Mastin, a psychologist at the University of Minnesota, defines surge capacity as a collection of adaptive systems, mental and physical, that humans draw on the short-term survival in acutely stressful situations, such as natural disasters. Natural disasters occur over a short period of time, even if recovery is long. Pandemics are different. The disaster itself stretches out indefinitely. You know, when I read this definition and and the description, I thought about Hurricane Ivan back in 2004 in Pensacola, Florida. We experienced a a really devastating hurricane, one of the worst in my lifetime. And when we got up the next morning after going through a really, really rough night of the hurricane, we immediately wanted to assess the damage and solve the problem. I remember driving out to my house on the farm in in, uh, in Beulah, and I was riding down the road, and my grandfather lived out on the farm on the property where I lived, and I had a brick home, and he lived in a in a mobile home, and I was so worried for my grandfather's house because I just I just didn't I wanted it to be there. Yeah, I wanted I wanted him to have a place to come back to, and when I rode down the road and I saw that it was still there, I was so relieved. And then I looked over at my home and I saw some devastating damage to my home. And I walked in the house and I just went into an immediate, just almost (laughs) breakdown for what I saw. But you know what? I quickly rose to solve the problem. And so what did we do? Went back when I was staying with my parents and we got up every morning and we had our work plan and we were ready to go and we had our day's task of really making making very specific steps toward solving the problem, cleaning up with a great plan. And we knew we could get to a good outcome. We could see the progress. With COVID, we face this ambiguous loss. We can't solve it. It's not in our hands to solve. And so there are points to understanding that ambiguous loss. And here's what the psychologists help us understand in this article. Here's what they say. It's, it's more difficult for high achievers to work through ambiguous loss. Why? Because of what I just said. We're accustomed to solve, solving problems, getting things done, and having a routine. And when we can't do that, it makes us feel helpless and hopeless. Our culture really is solution-oriented. What do we do with a problem that seems to have no solution? We're just at a loss. And we have ambiguous loss. Loss is unclear, and it just lacks a, a resolution. So what is our loss with COVID? It's a loss of a way of life. Our ability to meet with friends and family and to go to work and engage with others. 
without thinking about how we social distance. It's a loss of education as we've known it. It's a loss of going to work in a way that we've known it. It's a loss of rituals such as going to church, going to graduations, to funerals, to weddings, to the things that make life meaningful to us in very specific ways. And it's just those simple losses of going to a restaurant or to a gym or to a coffee shop. We've lost our way of life. I fear more than anything that something is going to happen to my parents and I'm not going to be able to be there with them. And I wake up every day with that unbelievable fear because I don't want that to happen. After all these years of our close relationship, I don't want that to be the way that their life would end without me being able to be there with them. And I know many of you are experiencing things like that. What we used to have has just simply been taken away from us. Here's something else that resonated with me that they talked about. And what I found is we have differing views from our family and friends, and we've always known that, but for some reason they become more apparent and actually hurtful. And we're challenged by the language that people are choosing, by the decisions that, we've, that they're making. And, you know, sometimes I feel like that some of those decisions are hurtful to others. And, I don't understand it because I feel like out of all times, we need to unify. You know, so I find myself saying that I wish I didn't know some of the things that I know now about people that I've cared about through my life because our viewpoints are a million miles away. And maybe they've always been, but now they stare us right in the face. And there's no right or wrong to that as much as there's just simply difference. So what do we do? So here are some recommendations that they offer, and I think these would be helpful to you. They sure are helpful to me. They, they say, accept life is different right now. Yeah, and to say that I think that what, what I've just said throughout the podcast, it's terrible time. You know, it's difficult. This accepting does not mean we're giving up. It just allows us to step into a mental space that allows us to do things that are constructive. And so trying to move our minds to something more constructive. They also tell us to expect less of ourselves and replenish more. These three questions were posed in the article. Where do I get my energy? What kind of downtime do I need? What rhythms of life do I need right now? As many of you know from some of my past episodes, I moved into a new house in January from living in a a place uh, for over a couple of decades on a farm. And I moved in January and it wasn't long after that that COVID hit. And so life changed. And so when I was young, I think back to where did I get my energy? When I was a young kid, I live on Pensacola. I got my energy from Pensacola Beach. I love the beach. And when I was on my farm, I got the energy from just getting on my tractor and bush hogging 15 acres of land by myself and just feeling the breeze and doing that meaningless work that felt so good. And now I don't necessarily have that because I haven't found what that is. I haven't found where I get my energy as I've shifted my living. But my colleague at work, Erica, tells me that I could try getting into yoga and I have a perfect place in my house to do that. So I've got to take her up on that offer. Um, But I've also found what I've found, as simple as this may be, is I'm driving more instead of flying to some of our client sites. And so I usually work when I go to the site, but when I come home, I allow myself to listen to a book on tape and I just love the book on tape and the, and the voices that appear in the stories that are there. And that's replenishing me. The authors also tell us to recognize the different aspects of grief, you know, their denial, anger, bargaining, rationalizing, depression, and acceptance. 
we normally try to work in a, in a linear way through this to acceptance. Here's the recommendation from the article. Take the middle, the middle way, and just have a couple of days where you, where you feel like, like doing nothing and embrace the losses and sadness you're feeling right now. And then the next day, do something where you can build some achievement. So I think it's just giving ourselves a break to take a little time off to get back to where we need to be. They also tell us when you can't change the situation, the only thing you can change is the perception of it. It doesn't mean denying it that we're in a pandemic, but we face the reality. We have to. And how we frame that reality mentally can keep, keep us in a place where we can cope with it. This is what I, I, I try to continue to do, but I, I know I keep falling back to denial. Maybe you do too. You know, I keep thinking this has to be a bad dream, you know, but, but it's not. You know, I have to accept it and change my perception of what it is, what's before us and ahead of us. You know, and, and sometimes I just get really mad because I want to go to a Blue Wahoos baseball game and now the season is over. And when the fall season comes around, I want to go to a New Orleans Saints game, but I know I can't do that. You know, so what can I do? And that's what I need to determine. What can I accept and what do I do to move forward? They tell us to look for activities, new and old, that will continue to fulfill us. You know, it's hot in the South right now. It's hot in Pensacola, Florida. And I find myself saying that I can't wait for those first cool days right around the corner. I can't wait to feel refreshed on those first cool days. And when I was a child, I would put my long sleeve Johnny Unitas shirt on and I'd take the football out in the backyard and I'd pretend to play a football game and play that in my mind and mimic that. And I, I remember that feel of laying in the grass with the, the coolness coming across my face and throughout my body. I want to do that again. I really want to do that again. And I know I can't go back, but what can I do to go forward? Also tells us to maintain and strengthen our relationships. And so one of the things that I've been really fortunate to do is, as you know, my dad has a great garage with a kitchen and a, a great setup in the back. And so once a week, I I spend time, we spend time with my parents and we go and we sit in the garage and we may drink a beer or two and, and we order pizza or we do fish fry, but I just didn't just have an opportunity to just continue to build the important relationships with people that I love. And then finally, they advise us to begin slowly building our resilience bank account, what they call a resilience bank account, asking us to start small and work our way up. Just do a little bit every day and it starts to add to give us momentum. And then they also give us a break. If you miss a day, start again, telling us we have to be gentle with ourselves. And it's just simple things that they recommend. Get enough sleep, eat well, exercise more, re-engage in meditation or something like that. And they also end with be grateful. You know, I am grateful. I know I'm fortunate to have so much when there's so many who have so little. I'm grateful for experiencing something that I've not anticipated in my lifetime so that I can be a better person. As hard as that is to admit to and to process, it will make me a better person. And we can all do that. And if we do, I believe we'll make a better world. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can all be our best. Have a great day.